How we doing out there tonight? Welcome to BGTV. It's going to be a great night. I hope you've had a great day, a great weekend, a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from BGTV, even though it's a few days after Thanksgiving. Hope your holidays are going great. Me and Haley and Hope have had an awesome, awesome Thanksgiving, and we are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for all of the listeners. We're so thankful for all of the partners. We're just thankful to be a part of what God's doing and what He's doing here in this BGTV studio, and we are excited about what God is doing here in the future. Like I said, if you missed last week, at the end of December, we're going to take two weeks off, so December the 24th and December the 31st, we will have no BGTV on those Sunday nights because that's Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, but what we're doing during those times is we are getting ready to launch what's called BGTV. BGTV Studios, and we're going to tell you more about that coming up because it's going to be exciting in the new year. We're taking it to the next level, so make sure you tune in more and more for what God is going to be doing. We'll be posting some videos about that to instruct you about what's going on. I am super excited. So this is episode 32. So welcome to episode 32 we are talking about revival. We're talking about what is revival? Do you know what revival is? Because if you don't know what it is, then you can't ever experience it. So tonight in this episode, you will learn what revival is and what revival is not. So many people are out there seeking revival, but what is revival? You know what? So many people think that revival is uh, packing people into a building. Man, if we pack out the building that we have, that is revival. If people are coming from another state, that's revival. If people are coming from another country, that's revival. You know what? Tonight, I just want to break down what is revival and what is not revival. Here's what I want to ask you a question. Do you think that John the Baptist's ministry was a revival? I do. I believe that he was in revival. I mean, people were coming to be saved. People were coming to be baptized. People were giving their life back over to Jesus, to the Lord. They were getting their hearts ready for the Lord to come, for the Messiah to come. John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus, and he was walking in his own type of revival. He even baptized the Son of God, the Messiah. We know that his ministry was revival. But did you know that John the Baptist never recorded a miracle? That he never did a miracle? Brad, say prove it. Okay. John chapter 10, verse 41, it says, And many came to him, and they kept saying, John did not perform a single sign or miracle, but everything John said about this man was true. Who was who this man? Of course, it was Jesus. But in John 10, 41, it says that John never performed a sign and he never performed a miracle. And we know that John walked in revival. Am I against miracles and healings and signs and wonders? Absolutely not. 
I love when they happen. I love when people get healed. I've been healed myself by God and His touch. I, I love watching God perform miracles and do awesome, awesome things. But those things aren't necessarily revival. Those things follow believers who are being obedient to Jesus and walking in the Spirit. So revival is not packing out a building. Revival is not when someone comes from another state to your ministry. Ministry. Revival is not when you have 100,000 followers on YouTube, which would be amazing for anybody. That's what it would be great. You always want people listening to what God is saying through you, but that's not revival. Revival is not when people come from all over the world to gather into one place. Revival is not seeing miracles. Revival is not seeing demons cast out. All of these things can be a part of a revival, but they're not revival. It's not what signifies revival. Because see, revival in an awakening, those things only happen because something has been asleep. You can only have an awakening when something's been asleep. You can only have a revival when something is dead. So revival happens when the church has been dying. Re awakenings happen when the church has been asleep. When the bride of Christ has been asleep, there comes an awakening in a moment to wake up the world, to prepare the bride of Christ for Jesus to return. A revival comes that revives the bride, that revives the church to go out and do what Jesus has called us to do, to reach the lost sheep, to reach the lost people of this world. That's what a revival is. That's what happens is when the church begins to be ignited, when she begins to do what she's called to do, when the bride finds her place as the wife, as the bride of Jesus, co-seated in the heavenlies right beside God with the authority that Jesus has placed upon our lives. We begin to walk on this earth and we begin to see signs, wonders, miracles, salvations, all of these things, but I want you to know tonight what revival is and what it's not. Because if you're seeking the wrong thing, you'll never experience it. Also, if you're thinking that, man, you've got to be in a pulpit and you've got to be leading a thousand people, five thousand people, a hundred thousand people to see revival, then you're never going to think that you are experiencing revival or are a part of a revival. Did you know that you can experience revival all by yourself? Did you know that you can experience an awakening with five people or 10 people or 100 people? Wherever you're at, whatever ministry you're involved with, if you're at home by yourself, if you're in a small group, if you're a pastor leading 10 people or 100 people or 10,000 people, you can experience revival, but you must know what it is before you know that you're experiencing it. So I've told you about what revival is not. One of the things we know that revival is, is it says in that verse, John 10, 31, that John the Baptist was pointing people to this man. So one of the things we know revival is, is when we point people to Jesus, when we're focused in on him. I got a picture of Jesus over here on my wall and I'm looking at it and it's mesmerizing. And everything that I do here on BGTV, I just want to point people to Jesus. But revival is simply this. This is the best explanation, the best definition that I can give of revival. Revival is being obedient to the Holy Spirit.
Each person in their life can be in revival if you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're being obedient to what He says. Revival is hearts being transformed and being obedient to what God tells you to do. Something has to be dead to be revived, or something has to be asleep to experience an awakening. And if you've been asleep in your spiritual walk, did you know that you can experience an awakening tonight? Did you know if you have been kind of dead in your spirit lately, you've been down and out and stuck, that you can experience a revival in your life tonight by just giving your life to Jesus, by repenting from the sins that are so entangling you in this web of this world, you can repent repent of them, turn from them, and give your life to Jesus? Did you know that you can experience revival tonight? That's what revival is to me. John the Baptist was right in the middle of a revival. He wasn't seeking a miracle. He wasn't seeking a sign or a wonder. He was seeking to prepare the people for the, for the coming of the Messiah, for the, for the coming of the Lord. And I believe that the church, that the bride of Christ is going to begin to experience revival again when we begin to prepare the way for the Lord to return. If we are preparing our own personal lives, we're going to begin to experience revival. If we're helping prepare the people around us to prepare for the Lord to return, we're going to begin to experience revival. Because there's no way to prepare for the King to come if we're not repenting of our sins, turning from the ways of the world, and walking in the ways of the Spirit, and walking in the ways that God has commanded us to walk in His Word. If you're out there thinking, man, there's something that I've got to lay down, I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, telling me to put these things down and to prepare my life for his return, for to prepare for me to go and be in eternity. If you're hearing those things and you know you're supposed to lay them down and you're ignoring his, ignoring his voice, it's going to be hard for you to experience revival. But revival comes when a group of believers begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and begin to be obedient to what he tells us to do. I want to start out tonight talking from a story in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we see where the church had been persecuted and we see that the people had scattered across the, the land. And in Samaria, there were some people that had gone into Samaria and were preaching the gospel. And one of those people was Philip. And Philip was preaching the gospel. And he was seeing salvations. And he was seeing people be baptized. And he was seeing people get healed. He was seeing miracles happen left and right. He was experiencing what I believe that people think of the definition of revival. Like I think when people are praying for revival here in America, we're praying because we want to see signs and wonders and miracles. Of course, salvations and those things. But I believe that when people are having their mind what revival looks like and what they're praying for is they want to see their building packed out and they want to see people coming from all over the world and they want to see healings and demons cast out and they want to see miracles. That's what I believe when people are praying for revival, what they're thinking about. But revival, it, I want to show you tonight that that is an awesome thing when those things happen, but that's not necessarily revival. If it was, the, if it was then Philip wouldn't have acted the way he does here in these scriptures I'm going to show you. So Philip was in the middle 
over what we would be praying for, a revival. All of us would want to see the things that are happening in Samaria happening in our church or in our ministry. In Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, I want to read these verses to you, listening to all what was happening in Samaria while Philip was ministering. It says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Listen to all those things that were happening. He was preaching the gospel. The lame and the the blind, they were being healed. People were being healed. Impure spirits were coming out. They were coming out with shrieks. The signs were happening, being, being performed all over the town, and people were giving their life to Jesus. Philip was in the middle of what we would call a revival. He was there. He was there seeing it happen. And man, things were going great. But then, in, uh, and also in, in, in verse 12, it says, but when, Philip be- but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. I said that verse because I want you to see that salvations were happening. Also, um, baptisms were happening. But Philip ministered in five capacities there in Samaria. First, he proclaimed the Messiah. He was preaching the gospel. Second, he performed signs. Third, he delivered people from demons. Fourth, he ministered healing to people. Fifth, he ministered through baptism. So we see all of these things happening where Philip was in Samaria. Why in the world would he want to leave if he's he's in the middle of a revival? Why? It's because Philip really knows what revival is. He really knows what what he's seeking. He really knows who he's after. He really knows what's the most important thing. And this is what I want to show you tonight. See, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 27 is where it comes in. This is the main point I want to make tonight. It says this, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. This is very important to understand. It says the Holy Spirit, an angel of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, there was a voice of the Lord that came to Philip in the middle of what we would call revival and called Philip out of that revival and said, go south to the road of Gaza and then you will know what you were supposed to do. But here's what, here's what I want you to also know is that you know that Philip never returned to that that revival that was going on there, where the signs and wonders and miracles were happening, where salvations and baptisms were taking place, that Philip never returned to that place. He did not return to that place. In the end of the, at the end of this chapter, he ends up being uh, trans, uh, transported to a whole other city to begin to, to, to start uh, ministering to people in that city. So if Philip was seeking what we call a revival, like just signs, wonders, miracles, people gathered around, all these different things, and the Holy Spirit came to him, an angel of the Lord came to him and spoke to him and said, go south to the road of Gaza, there must have been something way more important than what we would call a revival. You know what that was? Philip understood that the most important thing What truly is revival is listening to the Holy Spirit and being obedient to Him. That is what is revival. 
A heart is in revival when it is surrendered to the voice of the Holy Spirit and would leave what we call a revival and go south to the road of Gaza, not even knowing what's there, and just start out on that journey because he heard the Holy Spirit's voice. He heard the angel of the Lord tell him to go there. See, Philip was a part of what we call a revival in Samaria, but why did he go towards Gaza and leave the kind of revival that we pray for? Can you imagine praying for years to see signs, wonders, miracles, salvations, baptisms? And then all of a sudden you hear the voice of the Lord tell you to leave there and to go somewhere else? He knew that being obedient to the Holy Spirit is revival. He knew that if he wasn't obedient to the Holy Spirit, that revival would begin to cease to take place in the place where he was at. Because following Jesus is what we're called to do. Not go to a place, introduce people to Jesus, and just stay there, unless the Holy Spirit tells us, but is, is to follow Jesus. And this is exactly what Philip was doing. Revival is being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Notice that he didn't receive any instructions besides to go to the road. The word says he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. When we hear the Holy Spirit's voice, we must start out on our journey and start out on what he's called us to do. And then we will find out what he might want us to do later down the road. But here's what I want you to, to know. It's going to be impossible for you to experience revival. It's going to be possible to, for you to experience an awakening if you don't just start out on the journey the Holy Spirit is telling you to start out on. He may be telling you to start out on the journey of walking out of alcoholism. He may be telling you to start out on a journey of going to visit your neighbor and telling them about Jesus. He may be telling you to, to, to help, walk, help walk you out of depression. He may be telling you to go over here and, and reinstate this friendship. Or There's no telling what the Holy Spirit will do. He may tell you to stop watching this on TV or quit doing this or to do this. All we have to do to experience revival in our lives is be obedient to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to Him. And you'll see an awakening. If you're stuck and you feel like, man, I am dead in my spirit. My spirit is so dead. You'll become alive when your faith is active. When you put your faith in action is when your spirit comes alive. If your faith feels dead, it's because you haven't put your faith into action. And the only way to put your faith into action is to do what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. But you must start out, and you may not know why the Holy Spirit's asking you to do what you what he's asking you to do until you get there, until you accomplish it, until you start out. But we may not know why we're doing it, but the Holy Spirit will lead us down the road a little bit and then we'll find out what we're supposed to do. You will never accomplish what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do if you don't just start. Hear those words tonight. I feel there's some anointing on those words. Just start. Just follow. Just listen and obey and begin to do what God's asking you to do. You can't read the Bible or hear the voice of the Lord or hear his voice through this podcast. Hear the voice through your pastor. Hear the voice of God through an evangelist. Hear the voice of God through your mother or your grandfather and not be obedient to God if you want to experience change in your life and revival and be a part of walking happily and filled with joy and passion. Those things come when we are obedient to God. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29, it says, 
the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So when Philip was um, obedient to the Holy Spirit, to the angel of the Lord that told him to go to the road south of Gaza, he went and he met this Ethiopian eunuch who was on a chariot. But when he got close to the chariot, he noticed that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the Bible. It was a, it was a scroll back then. He was reading the scroll of Isaiah. And when um, Philip heard the Ethiopian reading this, he knew what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to go up to this eunuch and ask him, hey, can I help you understand what you're reading? And so that's exactly what Philip did. He went up to the chariot when he heard him reading the Bible. He said, hey, can I help you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch had questions. He began to ask him questions. Really, he was reading about Jesus. And, and Philip got to tell him about Jesus. And immediately, the, the, Philip got to lead the Ethiopian eunuch to Jesus. And the, and, the, and the unit was so fired up that he said, you know what, I'll pull over, pull over this chariot. I want to go be baptized right now. And that was an amazing story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. But here's what you got to understand. The Holy Spirit led Philip away from what we call in a revival to go to a road to meet one person. But it's, it's still the Holy Spirit only gave him direction to go to the road and then he knew he would find, he knew he would know what to do when he got there. And when he got on the road, he was beside a chariot. He heard him reading the Bible. And then he just knew that that's what he was called to do. All you got to do is just start following Jesus. And you'll know what you're supposed to do when you get to that place. And so the Holy Spirit told Philip to go to the chariot and stay near it. That's what, the, that's what the word says. It says, go to that chariot and stay near it. The Holy Spirit just said, go to the chariot and stay by it. Notice that the Holy Spirit did not tell him what to do when he got to the chariot. The Holy Spirit will lead you to where you're supposed to minister or to who you're supposed to minister to, but he knows that you already know what to do when you're in that place. So all we have to do is to, to just listen to where God wants us to go, where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us who he wants us to get up next to. Listen to that, and when you're next to that person, then you'll know what you're supposed to say. Once Philip got near the chariot, he listened for an opportunity to minister. You will know when you are supposed to jump in and minister when you're close to the chariot or close to the person that you're supposed to be ministering to. It could be if somebody at your work that you've been planting seeds for, for months or years, but you'll know that opportunity when it's there. See, Philip left a revival <clears throat> to stay near a chariot. Listen to that. Philip left what we call revival <clears throat> to stay near a chariot. I want to ask you tonight, what chariot are you supposed to be near? Think about that. What chariot are you supposed to be near? Listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. Is he leading you to the chariot next to a coworker, or next to a, a child of yours or is he leading you to be next to a grandparent or to a parent or to a friend to a boyfriend to a girlfriend is he leading you to be close to someone in your school 
someone in your college, someone in your neighborhood, to your neighbor? Where is Jesus asking you to be near? What is he asking you to be near? Here's the thing. You're like, I don't know what to say if I go up to this person. I don't know what to say if I go to my neighbor. Yes, here's what you got to understand. When the Holy Spirit leads you to go be near somebody, near to a chariot, He will tell you what to say. You'll know what you're supposed to do. You'll know the moment you're supposed to jump in and help them. I have a neighbor here, close, and I've always been wanting to minister to him, but I didn't really know how. And I noticed their grass needed to be cut, and I just kept being near their home. I kept just being like, I know I'm supposed to help them do something. And you know what? I just jumped in, and I just went and cut their grass. And it was in a week that they needed it so bad, and they came out and thanked me so much. And from that moment, we've been able to just develop a relationship and just watch God move. You just never know what God wants you to do, but you just got to go near the chariot and then wait for the opportunity to minister. You know, revival is about so many things. Revival is also about dying. Dying, because here's the thing, you can't experience revival until something is dead. There's going to be something revived. And you know what happens when you begin to die to yourself? When you begin to die to the way, the, the wants and desires that you have and you put God's desires above yours, when's the last time you've asked God what He desires? What does He want to see in a revival? What does He want to see in an awakening? What does He want in this moment and in this hour? And y'all, I'm going to tell you this. In the last five years, that has been a question that I've been asking God so much. God, what do you want to see? What do you want to see happen? And what He's speaking to me is that He wants to see the bride of Christ come alive again. He wants to see the bride of Christ who has forgotten about Him and gone after the ways of this world and forgot about Him. He wants to see the bride come back to him and be in love with him and be intimate with him. And this is what I want to tell you tonight. If you've been distracted by the world and you've gone after other lovers and decked yourself out with the things of this world, God is waiting for you to come back to him. He's waiting for you to be intimate with him. And I'm telling you right now, there's nothing that will keep him from running to you and being close to you. And so if you if you want to make God's heart happy... Is, is repent, turn from the world, turn from those things in your life that you know you need to lay down and just come near to God. The Bible says if you draw close to God, He will draw close to you. And I know, I know above anything that God desires for His bride to be close to Him. In the Bible, so many times the bride of God wanders away from Him and it hurts His heart, it breaks His heart And all he wants is to be close to his bride. He gave his life for us. Jesus did. He he paid with his own blood to be the bridegroom of the church, to be the bridegroom of a bride. And that is the price he paid because he's in love with us and he wants to be close to us. So what in your life needs to die? What things in your life need to die? What areas in your life you need to lay down and just begin to draw close to Jesus and fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, like Hebrews says. And I just want to remind you this, is there's so many people out there seeking a revival in this moment, in this hour. You know, I've been a part of a ministry that's gone from 10 to 10,000. 
You know, I used to think that was revival, is to see 10,000 people packed into a building. But I've learned over the years that what true revival is, is simply being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because if a revival was packing out a building, if a revival was seeing crowds of people and seeing miracles and healings and, 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 and seeing demons cast out, Philip would not have left Samaria. But Philip knew that what true revival is, is listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, being obedient to Him, and going after what Jesus tells you to do. Because we know that that Ethiopian eunuch, he was like really high up in the government in Ethiopia. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, we'll know when we get to heaven, that he took the gospel to Ethiopia. And the gospel of Jesus was spread to an entire country and up into the high places of the government because Philip was obedient to the Holy Spirit and left what he, what we would call a revival. And he left and followed the voice of the Holy Spirit. I just want to beg you to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his voice because that is what true revival is. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of BGTV because I can feel the Holy Spirit in this studio. I can feel him coming through the airways, and I believe he's going to touch some people through this tonight. You know, I want to pray for you tonight before I get off of this um, for this tonight because I believe there's some people out there that need to repent, that need to lay some things down, that need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to experience revival. So let's pray before we close this out tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you thanking you, God, that you give us the opportunity to repent of our sins at any moment. And God, I pray that you begin to speak to people right now about what they need to lay down, what they need to get rid of, God. And I pray you begin to awaken the bride of Christ. I pray you begin to awaken, God, the church, that we could really see revival. I pray that you begin to speak to us, Holy Spirit, and that we begin to listen to you and be obedient to you and that we would truly understand what revival is and that's being obedient to your voice God. Father I just pray right now that you bring revival to this region, to this state, to this nation, to this world and that it would start with each and every one of us falling in love with you and being obedient to your voice. It's in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen and amen. I see people watching and commenting and I pray that you would continue to just comment. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. Let me know where you're watching from. If you have any prayer requests, put those in the comments because I would love to pray for you this week. So I hope you have a great week. We'll see you right here on BGTV next week at 7 p.m. on Sunday night. Have a great week.